This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 232, Submission 2053 Beta. It had a pinball machine. Volume 2. Well, last time we talked about nine TV-themed related pinball machines. So this time we decided to do it again with Volume 2. And I guess we could even call this Volume 2 the replay edition, I guess we could call it. Yeah, that's a nice solid pinball term. And really, I don't think we're going to get a third version out of this because I think we've run out of pinball machines just about. Yeah, this is pretty much all we have. So it's not like we're going to have a video game show part three type situation right here. No. So enjoy it up because this is probably as good as it's ever going to get. Yeah. Okay, let's start first with you, Chico. All right. Well, one of my favorite shows after I left college, was 24. You guys know that, right? Well, gee, it's not like we mention that every week. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, I don't know, Wings. Wait. No, we, we don't talk about uh, Charles Logan at all on this podcast. No, 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 we don't talk that, about No, it. No, get it right, Mike. It's that bastard Charles Logan. That bastard Charles Logan. But hey. What if, okay, that bastard Charles Logan was on an episode of Wings with Tony Shalhoub? You probably would have broken the uh, model blimp beyond repair. Yeah, he would have made Lowell cry so much. Because he's an (laughs) hole. But yeah, in 2009, Stern came up with the 24 pinball machine. And this is actually a pretty sweet machine. It is 24 missions over six sort of panels. It's like it has six panels and four missions. You have to complete all of them. And what I like about this is that. It features the voices of Kiefer Sutherland and Mary Lynn Ricegub. Now, Mary Lynn actually recorded dialogue for the game, but everything that Kiefer Sutherland says as Jack Bauer is basically tracked from the show. And this was actually uh, built and distributed to uh, promote the seventh season. Okay, so this would be the next to last regular season, I think, in uh, 2008. Or yeah. 2009. 2009. So the machine has a suitcase that holds and releases pinballs for multiball. We have a sniper house that opens to reveal a bullet spraying terrorist, an exploding safe house that one can shoot the pinball into, several single sniper drop targets that can both obscure and free up playfield shots. And lots of multi-ball action. Uh, it has artwork by Kevin O'Connor, sound by Ken Hale, 
and again the design by the legendary Steve Ritchie. And Steve Ritchie, one of the most legendary names in pinball designs, many great classics, uh, was actually the designer of Black Knight. That's just one of the things he did. I mean, if we did every, if we were to name everything that Steve Ritchie did, we would be here all day. I mean, he holds the record for best-selling pinball designer in history. And uh, I bet you didn't know this, but he was the original voice of Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat. Yes, he is. He's the voice of Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat. So there you go. Just to connect it back to the uh, first pinball special, uh, one of Mike's tables was the World Poker Tour. He did that table as well. And he did TNG. All right, so my first table is not necessarily a TV-themed pinball machine, but it's sort of in the same sort of vein, kind of like 24, is a table from Data East called Secret Service. Now, this table, again, like 24, has artwork from Kevin O'Connor, but one of the drawing points of this game is it's a, obviously a secret agent themed game by the title secret service. But one of the draws of this game is it has digital sound. It was one of the first pinball games to ever have this feature. But the cool part is it has pinball themed renditions of two TV theme songs, one from mission impossible and the other from get smart, but it also has a rendition of the song Secret Agent Man. Yeah, that's right. Secret Agent Man. But the funny part... Oh, that song's awesome. But the funny part is the game has, like... If you look at the cabinet art... Now, I've actually played this table. The cabinet art, like, on the side has... What I would say is... Oh drawing that we have to get close enough but not necessarily alike because we don't want to get sued rendition of Roger Moore as James Bond we like to call that the Dollar General version of James Bond yeah so I have some footage of this table in action right here Wow, that sounds familiar. And it has like a little uh, ball saver when you start your uh, ball, so that way you don't lose it right away, which I like. Because not many, I think, games had that feature back in the day. And this is as soon as you start the multi-ball sequence. Yeah. It looks very nice in the dark, I'll say that. Very colorful. Yeah, and you also have, like, um, on the play field, like, um, uh, the White House, and you got the Capitol building on there.
is a very nice table. I'm busy listening to the music. I'm pretty sure that might have been the theme to Danger Man. I'm not quite certain. So when the multi-ball starts, you notice right here on the um, the DMD right here, you have like this uh, wire thing that's kind of imitates the opening sequence of Mission Impossible, and yeah. it just slowly like disappears as the oh, Mission that was, Impossible. There's nothing theme. slow about that, but I see what you're trying to. Say. Yeah, it's supposed to be very similar to to the uh, opening of Mission Impossible on the. Uh, the dot matrix display right there. So that's a mm -hmm. pretty neat thing they did for the uh, game right there. This would be a vein display, not a dot matrix. Oh, that's true. Cause they, it's a, well, it's an alpha alphanumeric. I'm sorry. Alphanumeric. Yeah. Cause they wouldn't have dot matrix until like Terminator two. What am I talking about? By the way, Terminator two, that's a really good table. That's one of the classics. All right. So, Mike, let's finally hear what you have to say for your first table. All right. For my first table, I picked a more recent uh, title, uh, sort of the same era as uh, Chico's selection of 24. I chose Family Guy. And Family Guy, this came out in 2007, and... It has exactly who you'd expect to have on it. It has basically all the Griffin family members. It's got Peter and Lois, Stewie, Meg, Brian, Chris. And what I find very interesting about this game is a couple of things. First, you could actually adjust the level of speech on this in terms of do you want full out vulgarity or do you want to make it a family game? There were three different levels. You could either have adult, moderate, or family. I could only imagine how crazy the adult version is. But also, something that I've never seen before is actually there's a pinball game within the pinball game. And what I mean by that, there's something called Stewie's Pinball. And what it is in the upper right-hand corner maybe about, I'd say, an eighth of the play field, uh, of the overall uh, area of the play field, is this Stewie's Pinball, which basically is a mini version of pinball where you're trying to light up the different names. You're trying to light up Lois and Chris and Meg and, and uh, Peter and, uh, and Brian for, for different bonuses. But it's all, like I said, within this little pinball Again, maybe about one-eighth the area of the, the machine itself or of the table itself, the play field. And it has its own little flippers and it has its own little pinball. looks like, uh, I don't know how big it is, but it, it, it's not a full-size pinball. It looks like it's almost like a marble size or maybe even a little bit smaller than that, which I think is fascinating. Pinball within pinball. And then, uh, obviously, you have the different goals uh, related to lighting up each of the different names. Um, but also another thing I think is very interesting about this is you have different figurines, let's say, uh, of each of the characters. You've got uh, Stewie and Brian and, and Peter and so on. 
and they're actually associated with uh, different targets in the game. And also there's a giant Patriot Pat beer bottle. One of the the targets, one of the things you want to aim for. And actually, again, related to how I mentioned earlier, if you want to get the adult version or the moderate version or the family version, there's actually labels you could put, if you don't want Patriot Pat beer on there, you can make it Patriot Pat root beer, make it more family friendly. I've been looking for this game for years. I really wanted this game for a while and it's obviously very hard to find. It's obviously sold out. It hasn't been produced in 15 years now, but also the only place I've really seen it at a reasonable, and I'm going to use like air quotes, reasonable price. Have you guys ever on adult swim seen their show as seen on adult swim, which is basically their home shopping version of adult swim merchandise. Yeah, I have. No, I can't say I haven't. Okay. Well, they they sell different items, branded items related to their shows shirts or frisbees or what have you they actually this is gosh probably when it first started airing i'm guessing probably about 2015 or so they actually were selling the adult swim offices family guy pinball machine a couple caveats it was not in functional condition it needed some repairs uh, electronically uh, and obviously, uh, it's too heavy to ship. You'd have to go pick it up yourself down in Atlanta. But that machine, and this is actually probably a bargain nowadays, it was $5,999. Back in 2015, 2016, that's a bit much, I think. But if you've seen the price of pinball machines over the last couple of years, it's actually a bargain, uh, especially if it costs $200, $300 to fix it up. All right. Yeah, but uh, other than that, I've never, like I said, never played it, really wanted it. But um, from what I've seen, it's a very fun game, especially that little mini pinball game. I think that is so unique. I've never seen that on any other machine before where it's basically, I don't want to say it's a separate game, but the thing is it's got a separate set of flippers and a separate ball and separate goals. I think that's pretty cool. Okay, cool, cool. So, my next entry is not one game. It's three. And they all came out between 2014 and 2015. And this was the table based on AMC's The Walking Dead. And you're basically shooting wells to battle the well walker bashing cell block C to defeat the prison walkers, collecting supplies that will take you to new experiences. It comes with score and music from the show. The only thing it does not have are any of the actors. I mean, there are animated bash toys, there are exposed guts. The artwork is hyper-realistic. The weapons are there. The only thing is, it seems like, okay, let's just put a bunch of walkers everywhere. Here's a walker. There's a walker. Over there's a walker. Hey, there's a little space there. Put a walker there. 
Now, I said that this was actually three separate tables because it was released with three different uh, levels, I guess you could say. The first is the pro level, in which you have all of your basic little toys and frills and artwork. The second level up was the limited edition, which has more walkers, more artwork. It has unique special effects that the Pro Edition did not have, like a fish tank with illuminated sculpted zombie heads, a motorized crossbow assembly that allows players to launch the multi-ball anywhere in the game, and a mirrored back glass with exclusive artwork. And the artwork for this thing is absolutely amazing. I mean, we're talking... Yes, it's going to cost you two bucks to play it, but it is worth the play. It really is. And um, again, a lot of stuff in the limited edition. But then, if you want the ultimate Walking Dead pinball, you have to go up to the premium edition. It features everything in the limited edition model. Plus, there's more high-definition artwork to the back glass and more missions and more walkers. And according to the good folks at the Internet Pinball Database, it was designed by John Borg, who has done Aerosmith, Tron Legacy... Jurassic Park, KISS! And uh, the three levels of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball. He's not quite up to the level of Steve Ritchie, but he is one of the greats of the current day. It's a really good play. I've seen a few plays on YouTube. It's really decent. I like it a lot. Well, my next table is uh, the Munsters pinball machine, obviously based on the 60s show of the same name. Now, like the previous uh, Walking Dead machine Chico just mentioned, there are pro, premium, and limited edition models of this game. This came out relatively recently, about two years ago. I had a chance to play this machine a while back when it came out. There's a um, dining establishment out here that Usually, like, has some pinball machines from time to time. I've played a uh, Ghostbusters Stern pinball machine at that establishment. I played, like, a Jersey Jack dialed-in machine there. And actually, like, right before Halloween of 2019, they actually had this table for, like, a little bit. The Munsters has two main goals, and you complete levels for each family member to start. Munster Madness, and when you reach certain requirements for every member to qualify, you stack as many super jackpots as possible. And the premium limited edition models include a unique mini playfield called Grandpa's Laboratory, which comes complete with its own multi ball mode. Now, there are several features in the machine 
There's a jackpot level where throughout the game, the color of the flashing inserts will determine various things. The first level is white, then blue, then red. For instance, in Herman Multiball, when you hit Herman Munster three times, it increases the jackpot value and changes the inserts from white to blue to red, and it applies to mostly everything in the game. And there's also a uh, feature where when you shoot under the left and right ramp, you can light up spot mode, where if you know anything about the monsters, you know spot is the uh, pet dragon that the uh, monsters keep underneath the uh, stairs. And you actually do get to see a uh, video of uh, spot when you uh, light it up. And when you light up spot, there's like two parts where in stage one, uh, spot will raise up under from the left ramp and you have to play fetch with it by shooting the pinball to it. And also if you hit four shots within a certain amount, if there's still time remaining, you can try to hit him at least one more time to get the super jackpot in the game. So that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, this is a pretty fun machine and it's a relatively recent machine, and I'm sure if you're at some establishment that has like newer pinball machines from time to time, hopefully uh, you'll get a chance to play it because it's a very good table. So, all right, now let's go to Mike for his second table. All right, my second table. I've played this one. Uh, this is actually the Wheel of Fortune pinball game. Sounds like it might be a fun time, but the time that I played it, I was not really all that enthused about it. I wasn't a fan of it because, yes, it, it's, it's got the Wheel of Fortune name. There's certain aspects of the game that are there of that show, but there's a lot of it that's missing. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Wheel of Fortune came out in 2007. And uh, it actually includes the voice talents of all three uh, key components at that time. Obviously, speaking of Pat Sajak and Vanna White and Charlie O'Donnell. It's like Wheel of Fortune in the sense that a wheel is being spun, not necessarily by the player. And you are selecting, well, no, you're actually not selecting letters. You can't go and, and with, with a puzzle and say, I'm going to pick the S. No, no, you're getting whatever letter they give you. And that ruins a lot of the fun. I mean, part of the fun is picking the letters and the authenticity of you know, solving the puzzle, not just getting letters filled in and getting X number of points for whatever letters you pick. I, I did not like it at all. But one thing that it did include it had three little contestants that were actually like bobbleheads. They actually promoted in the documentation that there were bobbleheads included. And me being a, a sucker who collects bobbleheads, I, I thought that was cool that there's bobbleheads within the game, not like the mini figurines that I mentioned that Family Guy had. They actually like bobbed their heads. Uh, it did feature a lot of different features seen on the show the wild card, the free spin, stuff like that. There's a, a a bonus wheel or a bonus segment 
if you light up the words and bonus. And also, since this is a dot matrix display game, which has been the norm for probably the last 30 years or so, I, I'm going back to the first one I really remember is uh, Adam's Family. The dot matrix display can show video, albeit... Yeah, it's only like a resolution of like 144 by 32. And also at least until like the last five to 10 years, it was all like sepia toned. So they actually did have footage, video footage in the game. Again, albeit, you know, 144 by 32 aspect ratio or thereabouts of people spinning the, the bonus wheel. If you've ever seen the end of the show where, yeah, you spin the wheel to determine your bonus round prize. You could win a hundred thousand or a million dollars or whatnot. I thought that looked nice. It was nice, smooth animation. Uh, not necessarily the highest quality video, but still, given the limitations, I, I thought it was very well done. But yeah, like I said, it's just not Wheel of Fortune if you don't have control of the letters you can pick. Yeah, I don't really want to be forced to play an X if, regardless if there's an X in the puzzle or not. This sort of loses a lot of the authenticity if you don't have that. And actually, the way that you collect letters in the game is by hitting those bobbleheads. They're basically a row of three of them, sort of like how you'd see on Wheel of Fortune. You just need to hit the target associated with each person to, to get the letters. But I, I don't know. I, I was very... Well, not just un, uh, unimpressed, but also just it made me want more. It, it just felt empty. And yeah, it, it sounds like a good game. But, you know, I, there, when I was originally looking at pinball machines, probably about 12, 13 years ago for my house, I remember seeing someplace selling used Wheel of Fortune machines for like $1,200. And they just were released, like I said, in 2007. So this is like three or four years later. Maybe it was that bad of a game that there was no demand. I don't know, but I'd almost be curious to see how much they're going for nowadays. No, we're not going to do an eBay prices right. But again, like I said earlier, given the pinball market has just been absolutely insane the last like two years. I wouldn't be surprised if it's much more than that $1,200 I mentioned. And I don't even know if I'd pay that $1,200 after playing it one time in Vegas, like three or four years ago, just not that good in my opinion. Yeah. That's your, your wheel of fortune. Just sounds like a good idea at the time, maybe to commemorate the show because at that time, 2007 would have been, that would have been the 25th anniversary of the syndicated version or the 25th year of the syndicated version. So it makes sense to create a pinball machine in honor of that occasion. But it seems like they could have done a lot better. That, that It's almost like having a Jeopardy pinball machine and there's no way you can answer any of the questions. Okay, I'm going to hit this contestant and they're going to put my answer in. What's the fun in that? I don't know. So that's my second game. We're going to go to Chico for his last game. Yeah, my last game is very, very swifty. Yeah, it is something that is 
a bit of a history-making table. It came out in late 2019, and it is probably one of the most state-of-the-art tables I've ever seen. It is Rick and Morty. And basically, if you are a big fan of Rick and Morty, and you had the cash to drop on this table, because it was top of the line. I mean, you're talking uh, back glass with a TV screen, scoreboard, revolving lights, multiple adventures taken directly from the series. You're talking uh, Pickle Rick, Planet... What was that, what was that uh, mission with the heads getting people to sing? Don't ask me. I'm not a big Rick and Morty fan. I, I know Pickle Rick and a little bit more, but that's about it. A Swifty time. That's what I was trying to think of. So get Swifty, the Blood Dome, Pickle Rick, and a whole lot more. And there's actual voices done by uh, Justin Roiland of, of course, Rick and Morty. Soundtrack from the series custom artwork, an interactive ship that's one of the uh, targets. Another target is the Smith House. You have your very own portal gun that basically transports the ball from one end of the field to the other. An anti-gravity device, which pretty much does the same thing. And I think you're going to like this Greg, if you go on YouTube, you can see the gameplay and the saver, because you know there's a saver right between the two flippers. That is not a light. That is a timer. It has a saver for a timer. And it's made by a company called Spooky Pinball, which bills itself as the best pinball company in Benton, Wisconsin. And fun fact... This went on sale on SpookyPinball.com December 16th. It was December 16th, 2019. They released 750 editions of both the Limited Edition and the Bloodsucker Edition, which has a few more features, like um, a slam ring, additional music, more video clips and sort of an additional little toy that would animate on top of the machine. They only released 750 of those. Within four hours, they all sold out. Okay, I'm curious. I have a question. If you know it, if you don't, that's fine. How much were the pinball machines? How much were the pinball machines? Um... I don't know. I'd have to uh, take a look. Uh, according to, I want to say, according to Internet Pinball Database, they were $7,520. And they sold out in like four hours? And they sold out in four hours. Wow. Yeah. And of the 750 that they made, 36 were the standard edition. And 714 were the Bloodsucker edition. Amazing. Wow. 
Well, that's how rabid those Rick and Morty fans are. Yep. And the portal with the subway and teleporting ball effect is an illuminated larger hole on the back left of the playfield within the house's garage, swings over to the right side. This was made uh, sort of famous by uh, Star Trek The Next Generation with that whole subway system there. And there's also a Pepper's ghost effect. There's like a swirly light projected from the ceiling of the game. And it projects onto a piece of clear plastic creating a hovering transparent Pepper's ghost effect when entering the uh, portal hole. Because, you know, Rick and Morty, they're all about the portals. Well, taking a look at pinside.com, which is a big pinball website, it looks like the value of those Rick and Morty machines has already increased uh, a little bit. It looks like the average price is over $10,000 for them on secondary markets. Yep. And like I said, 750 produced. Good luck finding one. There's none on eBay and none have sold on eBay. It sounds like another one of those items, maybe kind of sort of the reverse of the Wheel of Fortune game, where, yeah, there's a demand, but nobody wants to give it up because it's so good. There's no supply out there. It really is. I mean, I saw uh, play-alongs on YouTube because, again, the table is so rare. Good luck finding it. But they do have play-alongs on YouTube, and it is absolutely top-of-the-line pinball. I mean, you got that from that nice TV screen with all the Rick and Morty clips on it to the lights and the sounds. Spooky Studios has spared no expense making just the ideal pinball experience with this table. I guess if I wanted to compare it to another table, it would be the Deadpool table. I believe that Stern came out with the Deadpool table. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So imagine that, but with Rick and Morty. Pretty cool stuff. But again, it's super rare. Good luck finding it. Okay. Well, it's on to my third and final table. And this one is again from Stern. And it is a relatively recent machine. I'm talking about a pinball table based on the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. Where, of course, you got your pro, your premium, and your limited edition models number to 750 so in this game players can navigate their way to multi-ball mayhem by hitting some targets using a custom molded razor crest ship which is the ship that the mandalorian has and success in hitting the target qualifies the center ramp shot on either the pro premium or limited edition models and some of the features in the pinball tables of the Mandalorian include a large custom sculpture of Grogu, a.k.a. the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, authentic video and audio from seasons one and two of the Mandalorian, and custom speech performed by Carl Weathers. Now, if that doesn't sell you on the table, I don't know what does. 
And also the game includes the iconic theme music from Ludwig Gorenson from the show. And I will show you the um, play field right here. And you can see right here on the upper right of the table, I'm showing you right here, the, um, the play field with the Mandalorian's helmet right here. And you can see on the top left, the uh, sculpture of Grogu right here. It is pretty nice. Mike, that's a very nice sculpture, don't you think? Hey, Greg. It looks good. It looks good. Looks good. Looks really good. Oh, it looks good. Looks good. Looks oh, it good. looks good. Looks good. Oh, it 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 looks good. Looks good. I was going to say, that's a cute little figurine there. Yeah. And it's large for a pinball machine. I was gonna say it looks very large. It looks like it may be about six or seven inches tall, possibly. Yeah, I played it in person. I played this table, and yeah, Grogu is like very tall on the machine. It's like the cutest little thing you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, you got the razor crest, and then you got right here on the sides, you got a. All different characters from the first two seasons. And then right here at the bottom, the Mandalorian flying while holding Grogu. And then, of course, I love all the balls where they have the uh, the lights that light up. And then the setter right here is uh, the thing that says, this is the way. Which is what the Mandalorian always says. This is the way. Which I kind of like. And now, let me describe some of the features here. Now, in the Razor Crest multi-ball... There are three multi-ball modes that can be played throughout the game. They cannot be replayed until this is the way has been activated. These three multi-ball modes are started based on the flashing numbered green insert, which is changed by hitting the Boba and Fett stand-up targets when a multi-ball isn't lit. After the first Razor Crest multi-ball has been played, a hunter mode must be played, and then the ball must be drained to light the Razor Crest for the next multi-ball or next hurry-up. Then during all the Razor Crest multi-ball modes, a one-time add-a-ball opportunity is available. If the Ambin rifle has been collected, pressing the action button will add a ball to the multi-ball and restart it if activated during the grace period. Shots to the Razor Crest target will increase the flashing speed of the insert in front of the center ramp. Green for multi-ball, blue for hurry-up. Shots to the target that do not make it around the ramp still count towards qualifying the next feature, but shots must make it all the way to the gate to start a qualified feature. Each successive feature started will require an additional target hit. The first Razor Crest multi-ball will require three hits. The first Razor Crest hurry-up will require four hits, etc. There are three multi-ball modes that can be activated from shots to the Razor Crest target, which include Ice Spider multi-ball, Jet Pack multi-ball, and Pirates multi-ball. Completing This is the Way and earning your signet will add a multiplier for the remainder of the game. A 75-second play field multiplier can also be shouted from a shot to the foundry. And then completing the This is the Way wizard mode, you have to complete Precious Cargo. You have what I want, and I like these odds. And also by completing all six of the major lit shots after completing all of the above to light the left scoop to start the wizard mode. This mode contains three rounds, each of which alternates between a single ball phase and multi-ball bonus round. 
The single ball phases start with a ball saver where you must make five shots to qualify the scoop, left to ramp, or center shot to start the multi-ball phase. The first round will have three shot choices per shot. The second will have two, and the third will have one. The faster you complete the single ball phase, the more time you'll get for the multi-ball phase. And all regular playfield shots will score jackpots, and the mini playfield scores its own jackpots. And after completing three rounds of both phases, you'll be awarded $10 million for your signet. And all missions, multi-balls, and encounters will reset. And you will be awarded an additional multiplier on the play field for the rest of the game. So yeah, that is basically um, the Mandalorian, some of the highlights of that table. And I played this in person, and I really had a lot of fun with this table. I mean, I love the Mandalorian, so... Naturally, I was going to enjoy this table, but man, when you play this game in person, like just the the artwork and the music and the clips and just the way the game feels, it makes you like feel like you're in the show. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like an incredible feeling that it's like I I just don't have not gotten from a table it just makes you feel like, man, I'm in this universe right here. And it just makes you feel so good inside every time you play the game. Well, it's The just... Mandalorian, by and large, is a show that is not just a TV show. It's an experience. I mean, it draws you in everything from the music to the story to the characters. It all comes together and it draws you in. And this seems like it is a perfect extension of that. Yeah. And I could see this being a like a really good favorite for collectors as this goes on. I could see this being a very popular table. Cool, cool. All right, Mike, one more. Let's wrap up this episode, and we're going to talk about, well, at least for me, this episode, the oldest game I've covered this episode. <laughs> we're going back to 1999. With South Park. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, there was a South Park uh, pinball machine uh, made uh, by Sega. And actually, believe it or not, this is Sega's last machine. They got out of the pinball business after South Park. Uh, and actually, Stern sort of was like the successor to the Sega uh, pinball yeah, if I'm not Franchise. mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, they got out of the hardware business, period. Because it was like, okay, the Dreamcast was their very last system, and it came out in 1999. This also came out in 1999, and this was basically Sega on the downslope. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, um, in this game, sort of like Family Guy. You have characters around the board. You actually have, again, figurines of characters. But since we're talking about South Park, uh, the figurines we have this time are Cartman, Kyle, Kenny, Stan, and Chef. Uh, since this is 99, Chef is still within the South Park canon since uh, Isaac Hayes hasn't left the show and hasn't passed away at this point. Uh, and most of the figurines... Are, I'd say like two inches high. They're, they're little figurines. The two exceptions, well, there's a character exception and uh, another item I haven't mentioned yet. Kenny is 
I'd say about twice as big as the rest of the characters. So he's probably about three or four inches tall. But also, believe it or not, because it's South Park, we have a toilet in the game. And you know who's associated with toilets from South Park. Mm, Could it be a, a jovial, jolly piece of human waste? Sure, but enough about Mr. Black. Yeah, we're talking about Mr. Hanky. So the toilet is basically used for the multi-ball. I'm going to assume I played it once. Uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. But I assume that if you get the multi-ball up the ramp leading to the toilet, it sort of flushes down the toilet. That may be your jackpot if you, uh, or or maybe the multi-ball starts when you get it up the ramp and into the toilet. I can't believe I'm a grown adult and I'm talking about putting stuff in toilets, but there you go. So it does have some uh, importance when it comes to multi-ball, either starting it or the jackpot from what I've seen. And uh, basically every character has a mission and there's a bumper or a, a target or a slot for each character. And if you hit a character a certain number of times, you sort of like, conquer that character i'm sort of thinking and we're going back to the uh doctor who episode you remember how you choose one of the seven doctors in the beginning and then uh after you get their uh, achievement you play for another doctor and so on and so forth yes that's what it reminds me of so if you hit kenny say three or four times you get his powers or bonuses but then you can go on to Cartman or Stan or Kyle or Chef. And if you hit them an increasing number of times, you get their powers as well. I was not a big fan of this game. I did actually play this once. This is probably about uh, over 10 years ago uh, when I was originally looking for pinball machines. And I saw it at a pinball shop, a local pinball shop and, Tried it out, and well, first off, and I know this can be controlled, it was very loud, very loud. It played all the uh, music from South Park, it played the, the theme, it had obviously sound effects and phrases from the show, but it was extremely loud. And also, I just didn't like the controls of it for some reason, it just didn't feel I don't know, it, I don't want to say it, the, the, the different uh, items were attainable but the thing is if you look at how pinball machines are created they want you to at least have like a halfway decent shot at getting certain ramps or the skill shot or different bonuses and i just was having problems with this game and it didn't feel as and i'm going to use a word that maybe you got to use your imagination here it didn't feel as loose as other machines that i've played it felt sort of I don't know, uh, unachievable, un, uh, unbe- I don't want to say unbeatable, but it, it just sort of was lackluster compared to what I thought the game might be. But also, again, this was Sega's last effort. I don't want to say maybe they just threw in the towel. They're like, okay, we got it done. Let's send it off. And taking a look at the numbers, only about 2,200 machines were made. So, yeah, compared to the Stern machines, that we've talked about over the last like 15, 20 years, 2,200 is not a lot of machines, especially when you consider how popular 
South Park was in 1999. I don't know. It it, it just it, it didn't come across as as the, the best of games, and it did actually have a digital remake. Uh, Zen Studios, who I know Greg, he's played their games for a while, I believe. They released a virtual pinball adaptation uh, as an app of this game, but also there is a bonus table. Oh, yes. And Greg, I knew. Oh, I know Greg would, would love this game if he's never played it. I played it. Butter's own pinball game. Butter's very own pinball game. <laughs> if it's as crazy as Butter's very own episode. Oh, it's based on Butter's very own episode. Oh, no. You, you're kidding me. No. Oh, no. If you've never seen Butter's uh, own episode. Oh, my God. It, it's, it, it's a crazy one. It's and wild. for them to actually create a machine or create a pinball game based on that episode, that's wrong in so many ways. But also at the same time, it's got to be funny as hell. Yeah. But also they have some very different situations from other episodes Butters has been in. Like the uh, episode where Butters was in drag to infiltrate. Oh, no. Remember he was in drag to infiltrate oh, like uh, Wendy's and Bebe's clubhouse or something. Remember yeah, don't that? tell me he did Professor Chaos too. Oh, Professor Chaos is in there too. Oh, oh no! But thankfully, Mike, I will say you don't get to go to the uh, the White Swallow bathhouse. Oh, thank heavens! I mean, that's actually where like eighty percent of the whole plot of that episode takes place is there, and the other twenty percent is at home. While the mom is having like a total panic attack, but oh, oh, thank heavens, there, there's no uh, no massage parlor involved in this. Oh my! Oh gosh, no! I'm sure Robert Kraft though is very sad, but you know what? That's how it goes. But I will say, Inspector Butters is in the game. So, Inspector. Okay, good, excellent. But also, sort of like Family Guy. This game actually had three levels of moderation in terms of how vulgar you wanted to be. You could uh, have like a, I don't want to say kids mode, but I'll say kids mode, a PG-13 mode, and like an adult mode. And uh, just an example of something that would be like a kids mode. Instead of uh, Kyle uttering you bastards, when uh, you uh, kill Kenny, it'll just say rats. Uh, and, and also, Terrence and Philip, instead of uh, farting, I don't know how much better this is, but instead of farting, they belch. I've never heard Terrence and Philip belch. Fart, yeah, but uh, well, I, I understand trying to tone it down for a, it sounds weird to say this, a family mode for South Park. But that's just weird. And then rats. Why is your kid anywhere near this game? I'm sorry. If I had this game, it's going to the adult version because that's what the TV show is. You don't hear uh, Kyle and Stan say, oh, my God, you killed Kenny. Rats. No. I want to hear you bastards. But, yeah, that's South Park. 
like I said, I, the, the one time I played it, wasn't terribly enthused about it. But the thing is, it does have a high reselling price on uh, eBay. Because actually, again, show prep, there's been two separate auctions which have sold in the last three months. They're from the same person. So I wonder if possibly a buyer backed out. But the sale price, believe it or not, used condition, $9,300. Wow, that's hefty for our well, use. Yeah, and also just, again, talking about pinball prices, when I was looking at it like 10, 11 years ago, the price they were asking was about a third of that. Hmm, interesting. So a little, little bit over $3,000. So that's the replay of the pinball show. A lot of great games, a lot of great titles. They're all, well, good luck finding most of them on the secondary market. But they were all based on things on TV. Yes, indeed, they are. And as always, please don't forget our socials. It was a thing on TV, every place, at least on Instagram and uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we are at It Was a Thing on TV podcast. And uh, YouTube, don't forget uh, if you go to the YouTube channel, please like, subscribe. Hit that bell. If you want to stay up to date with uh, all our drops. Next week, guys, we celebrate two birthdays. We celebrate, and this pains me to say this, it's only been about a week since this happened, but we celebrate what would have been the 100th birthday of a certain legend. Yeah, we were getting ready to celebrate the 100th birthday, and then unfortunately, tragedy struck, and the celebration of a birthday basically turned into a celebration of a life. And we're going to contribute to that celebration with an episode, and also a mini-sode. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Oh yeah, we're doing the full-fledged episode and we're doing a mini-sode but that's not the only birthday that we're going to be celebrating that week is it chico somebody is turning the ultimate answer to the ultimate question of life the universe and everything oh hold up i know the answer to this question what does god need with a starship yeah and i'm I, celebrating it I'm, I'm cashing in my money in the bank with a show about life, the universe, and everything. And also, a lot of rubber-suited monsters, a lot of green screens, a lot of music that has to be licensed in order to be used, which is probably why it's not streaming anywhere, legitimately, and laser tag. That's a combination, wow. And it's all happening next week, right here on It Was A Thing On TV. Thank you for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you next week. Wow! You got this, Morty, you little piece of sh-